Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, downloading the podcast, and especially sharing the podcast. Even through the cold winter months, the numbers are doing great. And we very much appreciate it. it is that is so because of the wonderful person that is listening to this podcast right now. You listening to this are the reason those numbers. Are you, you. The, you, that right there, one person, that one, you, one single person are the reason. Um, yeah. So before we get into housekeeping and our and our topics, uh, well, we'll first say this is the ranking show. This is it. This is the 2020 ranking show. I think we did one. 2019. Did we? I think so. We did at least a coach's rankings. All right. So we're going to rank the Big Ten coaches. Yes, we are. We're going to rank the Big Ten programs. Yes. And then at the end, we will save most importantly. Yes. The (laughs) rankings because we we understand maybe people aren't that big of Tarantino fans or. Yeah, you can turn it off if you if you really. But I, I feel like there's a high percentage of. College football fans yes. that are also Tarantino fans. Yes. It kind of uh, goes together. Adult males and Quentin Tarantino movies kind of go together. Yeah. The the 18 to 45 demo. That would be the demo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, then just kind of random, right? We always start the podcast out with yeah. a random thing. J- just late today on, on Twitter. It is Hallmark holiday today. Oh, yeah. My as favorite. We, as we record this. Um, there will be an asteroid that will come somewhat close to the planet Earth okay. tomorrow. Okay. Um, Didn't know this. Yeah, but it's like 14 lunar units, which basically okay. means the difference. Be- well, it's 14 times away from the right, planet so Earth and the moon. Well, so the moon's like 230,000 miles, so that times 14. Yep, it's, it's yeah. basically millions of miles away. Right. But it's always a combination of size and closeness to the Earth. Um Obviously, if a tiny rock hits Earth, it just burns up in the atmosphere. Yep. Um, anyways, long story short, it kind of there was some Twitter chatter on it today. Are you? Do you like astronomy? I do. Yeah. Okay. I, so there was, was. By the way, I always feel like I need to, because I tell people I like astronomy, and they look at me, and I'm like, not astrology, not the I, Aquarius and all but that I think stuff. That's, I think that's what people think. Probably that's, mostly they think that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's. That's a little uneducated. Somebody should know the difference between astronomy and astrology. But I do like astronomy. Yes. Um, in fact, Nova is a show I've been watching a lot of lately. It, they are doing some great stuff right now. The The animation is incredible. Really? Yes. Check it so out. Give me a quick, what is that? Okay, so Nova's on Smithsonian. Uh, it's an old show. I mean, it, Nova goes back to like the 80s, maybe even the 70s. They used to have it on PBS. But they did a series on all the planets in the solar system oh, okay. recently. okay. And so they do an entire hour on each planet. Nice. And it is fascinating. So your version of Nova is mine, How the Universe is Made, which okay. is on the History Channel. It's phenomenal. They'll, they'll do stuff like that on the planet, solar system, um, and then just the universe, you know, in general, Milky Way galaxy stuff. I don't know if any very many people really can grasp the vastness that is – our galaxy, let alone the universe. It makes which, my brain hurt. It should. It, it I, should make I immediately stop thinking about it because it's too painful. That's correct. That is the that's the, the correct answer. You really can't comprehend it, so stop trying. And the one that's even worse than that is what was here before the universe was here. That you know And what's at the end of the universe? 
which which is the the ACDC song who made who right that's that's the basis of it you know what an an uh, what are those astronomer you know an astronomer what their answer to that would be they'd say well that's a stupid question there was nothing here correct and there's nothing beyond it and it just makes sense to them sure um one of the things this is this is a nugget that I like to try to share that that gives you the idea of how far apart things are. Um, so we've made it to the moon, correct? We have. Yes. Well, yeah, well you know, it's we're not quite sure about that. That would tie into Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yes. A different uh, director that we will probably break down maybe on a different. Podcast, I think that should be the next the next been. movie rankings. Um. So, anyways, we've made it to the moon. In in his so to try to put this into comparison for distances, right? Because the next celestial body that we're trying to make it to is Mars. Yeah. Um, so people have kind of like, well, we made it to the moon. That was 1969. Now, we'll what have it- we been doing all these years? Right. Let's just let's just go to Mars, right? Like, what's the big deal here? Just don't stop next time and keep just going. Keep going, right? Exactly. I mean, I. I do think that's like the level. Take of... the express lane, man. <laughs> Don't stop at the moon. So to try to put this into perspective, because that's what they typically do on these shows. They they shrink things down to try to give it yep. perspective. The difference between going to Earth to the moon is about the same as traveling from, to use Minnesota suburbs, uh, Minneapolis to Golden Valley. Okay. So, so like... Minneapolis is the Earth and Golden Valley is the moon. There you go. Okay. And but for those that don't know, Golden Valley is directly outside of Minneapolis. It is the it's next first suburb, suburb yeah. that direction. To go from the Earth to Mars, using the same equivalency miles, would be like going from Minneapolis to Paris. Oh, crap. Okay. I was going to say like Rapid City, South Dakota or something like that. There you go. That's impressive. That's how far away Mars is. So, wow. So um, they pretty much know it's a death mission. There's no way they're going to be able to get him back. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's part of the deal. Is like it's a one way ticket. And you, you have you, fun. You basically can't have family. They don't want you to have family. That's one of oh. the prerequisites. Because I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean you're you're you, know, okay. you can't leave. You can't orphan some kids or whatever. They're huh. strongly discouraged, is what I have to say. <laughs> they're discour- discouraging orphan orphanism. Correct. Is that the word orphanism? Yeah. yeah. And we're still. That's not a word. You just made it. A word. I just made it. Up. Um. And we're still minimum 10 probably 20 years out before we're going to get anybody on mars oh i would think i would think minimum 10 yeah yeah. like there's so much they they got to figure out food and water while they're on the planet is the thought process but yeah well there's water there you can find it if you can find it they might land by the cap because that's where it's frozen and they're going to figure out a way to melt it but then oxygen is a uh, is the biggest that could be a problem and could be a problem dust they will they Mm. will they will probably die of silicosis is the problem. Really? Yeah. So like like red lung instead of black lung? Yeah, exactly. No kidding. Yeah, that's another big thing that they can't figure out. Speaking of movies, Galaxy Quest? Yeah. Okay. When they they land on that that foreign planet, and the guy, the first thing he does is take off his helmet, and the the other guy goes, is there air? (laughs) You don't know? Turns out that, that, there was an air. underrated movie. Man. Oh, it's that's such so a good, good. movie. So, um, and uh, then last one. So then the whole asteroid thing that was, you know, that's going to pass by. So are we going to die? No, we're going to be fine. Uh, okay. But on April, see, now I'm going to screw up the date, but I think it's April 29th, 2029. Apophis, which is like the Greek word for death and destruction. Okay. 
will pass it well in between Earth and the moon. No in kidding. In fact, it will pass in between some satellites on the planet. Whoa. And it's 1,100 feet across. Wow, that's scary. It is going to give us a shave, but NASA is like stoked because they're going to try to land on that thing. Are they really? Yep. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah. Okay, so last thing. Well, second to last because I got one more thing I want to share. Okay, when you walk out and look at the sky at like 7 p.m., if you look, let's see, what direction would it be? Uh, Look north and east. Venus is bumping right now. Venus is bumping? Okay. Oh, man. I thought it was Jupiter. It's Venus. So that actually leads in perfectly to what would be the coolest thing in the world is that if the star Betelgeuse okay. <laughs> went supernova. Okay. So Betelgeuse is a little over 600 light years away. Okay. And just a quick pause there. It takes 600 years for the speed of light to right. get, I, again, yeah. insane, right? Just to even fathom that. The light that you're seeing when you look up at Betelgeuse is 600 years old. 600 years old. Yeah. Um, Betelgeuse, in celestial terms, could go supernova at any time, which basically means it's going to It explode. blows up, right? It's explode. Yeah. We would see it in the night sky for like, or actually, it would be so big, we would see it in the night and day sky for weeks. No kidding. It would be like, it, it would be like, a sci-fi movie, like like a spaceship exploded. Okay, not to get too deep, because I, th- I feel like we're already... We're way too deep. I didn't Did you that. ever read that article I sent you about the Dyson Sphere? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I know all about it. Because you didn't re- reply. I didn't know if you like, I don't know. I, don't I already knew crap. it. Crap. Okay. I already, I already all right. Everything was in there. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's, we, we're not going to go down to Dyson Sphere. Nah, we won't yeah, do that. That's, that's, that's sci-fi. Go ahead and Google that one. I just want... Is anybody else interested in the stuff we just talked about, or is it just us? It, it, w- I think we've lost... Hundreds, thousands of listeners at this point. <laughs> it's okay to listen one and a half speed and get past the stuff. You won't you you won't hurt our feelings. <laughs> All right, housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Yes, housekeeping. We only got two items here. First one, eh, kind of a big one. Mel Tucker has been hired as the head coach for Michigan State. Hired away from Colorado, where he was five and seven, is only one season. So he has plenty of Big Ten ties here, played DB at Wisconsin, was a GA at Michigan State, coached at Ohio State, moved on to the NFL, went to Bama, Georgia, so really good pedigree, two-time national champion at Ohio State and Alabama. Um, what do you think? What do you think of the hire? Yeah, um, I knew Mel Tucker. I When I heard him get interviewed or uh, uh, that he got hired at Colorado, quite honestly, I'd never heard of him before. So I did kind of a dive on Mel Tucker back then. I, I don't know, just curious. And I, I came away pretty impressed with the guy. Well, I mean, DC. And then I liked his comments that a couple comments that he had since he's been at Colorado, about a lot of excuses going around that the that uh, pack the Pac-12 and just Colorado in general, and just get your get your job. I I don't know. I've I have actually enjoyed the sound bites and interviews that I've seen from Mel Tucker previous to the last you know three or four days here's the, this is probably the best thing i'm going to say about him colorado fans were pissed that he left so that's a good point i think that's got to be a good thing right they thought their football team looked better in year one than it well had. did they though i think i don't know five and, five and seven is you know i mean they were pretty bad i mean there were some really really bad colorado teams recently yeah but they had lavisca chenault and i can't remember their quarterback's name yeah. it was pretty solid I, I feel like they felt like they, they could have been a little better, but they were still stoked to have him as the head coach. That's and right. And still felt like he was their guy. So, you know, you can 
you can be two things at once and the two things can be one can be positive one can be negative uh the positive is i do not i do not blame mel tucker at all for taking for taking this job uh we're about to get into what they're paying him so there's a little over six million or uh what we got five uh he's he's at 5.3 million yeah so there's is fourth in the big 10 right so there's that's he also almost double from what he was making at Colorado. Correct. And his staff. They doubled his staff. So I'm just saying, like, for anybody that okay, don't hate the player, hate the game, I guess is what I'm saying here. Right. I'm not gonna say that what he left at Colorado isn't a bad situation. There was like a recruit that I heard about that was like a special recruit yeah. that had issues at another college that he got to that's tough. Okay, but that's not Mel Tucker's fault. This is the way. Ask college... yourself. Ask yourself. If somebody was willing to double your salary right now and give the people below you that you're managing twice as much, would you say no? You're going to say yes. Correct. So I just don't blame Mel Tucker with that. But, I don't either. But what I would say is that don't, uh, as a word of advice to any college coaches that are thinking about making a change, don't put quotes out there like, well, there's no transfer portal in the game of life. Correct. You can't you can't do that if you're head coach. And then think really hard about sending out a tweet that says I'm completely committed. Correct. To, like just you don't have to say that. Just don't say it. Yeah, just don't say anything. You can go a good week or two and just send out your normal Correct. tweets, whatever you're doing. But like we've said before, we all look at these coaches like they've been doing this they're they're so polished and and you know Ready to go from day one. They're learning on the job too. They Obviously, are, he is. They are. But you would think agents and I don't know some. Yeah, you think agents handler, would do but... something. Um. So one more thing, he has retained no staff from the from D'Antonio. He let them all go. So all those guys right now in a terrible place to be hired and not a good time of year to be hired have no jobs. I mean, I think the general thought process is he would keep some of the defensive staff, but he didn't. He did not. Yeah. Um. And and just. I feel like where he's been, the people he's been under, like one thing I want to point out. So that the, when he was at Michigan state, 97 and 98. So mm -hmm. obviously in that staff, obviously Saban was the head coach. Yep. Jim Trestle, the defensive or, uh, 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 D'Antonio is the defensive right. coordinator. Um, uh, Pat Sherman, Todd Grantham, Dean Pease. Wow. Like, I was like, that was a hell of a staff. It's pretty uh, solid. They even put together there. So that's one of the things that sticks out to me too. Is his pedigree is really good. Now here's one thing that I'm curious about. Uh, Saban kind of launched him, you know, and said, "Oh, why don't you go to Georgia?" Well, he has kind of a history of launching coaches he doesn't want anymore, doesn't point. he? I I'm impressed. You already beat me to my punch. Okay. I was, was well, going to bring up the same thing because what I was going to do is go down his resume and say, "Okay, he got." quickly promoted from a GA to a DB coach at Miami, Ohio was only there for a year. And then Saban grabbed him to, to go to LSU and Saban knew him from previously at Michigan, at Michigan state. state. So you, then he quickly got to Ohio state under Jim Trestle. And you know, he's the co-defensive coordinator pretty quickly at, at you don't, you don't become the co, you know, uh defensive coordinator at Ohio state that quick without doing a thing. Right. Or two, right. I agree. And then he was a defensive coordinator for ten years in the NFL. Right. You don't keep those jobs unless you're doing a couple things right. Now here's the here's then the... Saban brought him back. That's true. So, so it is either and he was an associate associate head coach at Alabama. Okay. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's okay. a big deal. That is right? a big deal. Now 
that's where it gets weird to me because then he's he goes to Georgia. So either he spurned Saban or Saban said, why don't you take a why, mm-hmm. why don't you take a short walk? I don't know. That's interesting to me. It is. Um let's see. So I I have to <laughs> Well, okay. Here's the problem I have with the hire. Here's why I don't love it. He's had one year of head coaching experience. It if you're if Te- you're technically speaking, he's got two. He went two and three in the NFL as an interim coach. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I did know that actually. Um okay, here's the one thing I don't like about it. He's got one year of head coaching experience. So for a program that supposedly would have coaches crawling to get there, he's pretty unproven. They're rolling the dice here. I think it's a little bit risky. I see that point. There's no doubt about it. Um, I will say this, though. I feel a lot better about Michigan State's chances to win in the next two or three years now than I did four days ago when it looked like okay it was a great save Con- okay. concerning where they were because mark d'antonio put him in a horrible horrible position and i got to throw the athletic department in there too put him in a horrible position if they did not have someone lined up which they clearly did not, they did not. so they were looking at the whole pool and at that point it's not it's just not a good time to hire the best way i would describe this is if they would have hired mel tucker right at the end of the football season i would have given it like a solid hire getting him now when things were starting to look panicky, even better hire. It was a good save as far as situation. Yeah. Okay. And then as far as how it's going to work out the hell do we know? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody yeah, knows. It like, could work out really well. Yeah. I mean, he could end up being a fantastic head coach. I just think it's risky. That's the problem I have with it. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, just last bit of housekeeping here. Oof. Two Ohio state players have been charged with rape and kidnapping. I think those are, both pretty serious and have been dismissed from the program by head coach Ryan Day. Boom. They're already gone. DB's Amir Reap and Jason Wint. Um, we found out about this middle of the week. Kurt and I were knew we were going to record the podcast on Friday. I was going to say my guess is their time with the Scarlet and Gray is coming to an end. Didn't even get to the point where we recorded the podcast and they were already kicked off the team. So obviously it's what Ryan Day has to do. The things I would say is that these are older players. So they were players recruited and in the program when Ryan Day took the program over. I don't think that's without question. Um, Your coach. Yes. Your coach that I, whoever coaches the team that you're a fan of, even he does not have all of the power over these players. 24 seven. Nobody does. No. Now, certainly some programs and coaches do a lot better with this stuff than others. All we have to do is look in the sec to really know how dirty it can get. But with that being said, they did a horrible heinous thing. If if the, well, we don't if the know accusations that. are true, you know, innocent till proven guilty. Ryan Day found out about it probably about the same time as everybody else did. He got the facts and got him off the team. I don't think you can. I don't think you can get on Ryan Day for anything that went on. No, there. of course not. Well, of course people still have on Twitter, but I mean, I think. Th- Look, we don't know what happened yet. I he, maybe he knows some things we don't know. And he said, well, that's just enough. I don't care if you're going to be proven guilty or not. You're still off the team. Um, yeah. I, what else are you going to do? Is my, uh, if put in Ryan Day's spot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell him it's the wrong move. I don't know if it's the right move yet. Right. But I don't Meaning, have, I don't have enough information. Because we don't know if they're interested. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that'll get us to the end of housekeeping, moving on to the rankings part of the ranking show. So, 
The first thing I would say is that this is meant to be fun. Yes. Um, I would. I. I. I've gotten a lot of DMs from a lot of different listeners and because there was a ranking that went out on Twitter somewhat recently and kind of beat us to the punch a little bit. And what you get a lot is, you know, you got to stay, you got to stay consistent to what ranks, why your coaches get ranked. Right. It's impossible. No, it's not possible when you're doing all 14 coaches. It's just because not you, possible. Because at some, I think you could start contradicting yourself at four coaches, let alone 14. Well, the other thing is they've all coached for different amounts of times. Yeah. They all have, you know, they're all starting at different points. Some are starting with rebuild. Some are taking over healthy. Pre- it's, you, can't you can't do a perfect it. job. No. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to include as many criteria <laughs> as possible so we can totally cover our ass on yeah. every on every point that we make That's and right. justify any pick that we make. Correct. That's our goal here. Yep. So so we're going to start with coaches' rankings, right? Yeah, we're going to start coaches' rankings. Okay, coaches' rankings. I have a few criteria I'm just yeah. yep. going to throw we, out there. This is pre-discussed criteria that okay. we talked about, right? We, we talked about yep. this a little bit beforehand. So here's what I wrote down. Feel free to throw anything else in there. We're looking at overall history of this coach. So start to finish in his career. We're, win-loss isn't everything, but we're looking at that. So, yep. I mean, like, I don't yes. know. We would you definitely know. look at a coach that has won more games than lost or vice versa. But, you know, coaches take over Rutgers, Illinois, Indiana. So your win-loss record isn't that fair. That's why I threw that in there. Yep. Okay, so what they do versus what they have to work with is a big part of this. Recency bias is okay. I mean, we all do that, right? It's easier to rank someone higher because they've had more recent success. I'm personally weighing what they've done in the Big Ten more than – their previous jobs. I am as well because this is not the Mac. This is not the AAC. I am AAC. as well, but it's like. Still, but you have to but take even that. That's kind of unfair to a couple guys. It's kind of unfair. Yep. Okay, recruiting does count. Sure, but you know there's different advantages and different disadvantages at each at each institution. Um, so program history and standing count too. Like, you know, it's a lot easier to win at Ohio State. Okay, are those all pretty good? Those are all good. All right. Yeah, and even with the recency bias. That does that should weigh in because it gives you a feeling of how the program is going right now. You know that's fair too. Yeah, I mean that should be a criteria. Okay, right? It should be. Yeah, I mean it's more recent, so that's arrow more, up versus arrow down, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So the other thing that we're going to add on to this that we think is going to be fun is we're going to then compare it to where they rank as far as getting paid. So we have their ranking of what we're going to have. Then a part of that we're going to share with where they rank in the Big Ten for how much money they're making. And this is where we transcend from just a regular list into genius. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I don't want to break my arm or your arm, pat me or you on the back, but I, I really can't disagree. Uh, so then we'll have a difference in this. Um, so this is not like golf. You actually want to be on the plus. Got to be on negative, the plus. Yeah. Negative is bad. So like most lists should, we're going to start at the bottom, right? Yes. And work our way to the top. Um, and last thing before we get going, even Kurt and I had differences in our lists. There was we, uh, so there was a there, number of small differences, and then one one major two difference. coaches that we basically flip flopped. Yes. their part on the list. Yeah. Um, so even we can't get along great. But the list that you are about to hear is the official eyes on big coach rankings for 2020 that we both agree on. Should it's, we shake? Should yep, we shake we're shaking it? right yep. now. It's right. boiled down from big Kurt. It's boiled down from Jeffrey Greek into the eyes on big. 
Number 14, Mike Loxley, and God, that was an easy one to start out with for the ranking. That was the easiest one for me, personally. Lox um, was a lock at 14 for me. When I gave my original list to, to uh, Big Kurt, I listed off all the names, 1 through 13, and number 14, I just had the lock emoji yep. as if I pretty much knew it was a lock for last. Um, there are, There's actually two different programs I can point at. I can point at his time in yeah. the Southwest, and I can point at his time New Mexico Maryland. State. Mm. Neither one of them have looked good. In fact, New Mexico State was, I would say, a disaster. I don't know if there's any other way of saying it. It was a disaster. Not Absol- only did it was they a- lose an, an, an amazing amount of games, there was fights and just overall ineptitude. Um, to quote the great Bill King, it was a dumpster fire in a toilet is what it was. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So uh, now let's talk about what he makes. He is ranked 14th in the conference. So they're getting what they pay for. At 2.5 Schmill. It, we only have two coaches that are right at their their money and ranking level. Even yep. Locks is one Locks of them. Is one so of them. a little bit of kudos to the uh, uh, athletic department for absolutely they hit the number right where they needed to hit it. Um, at one point when the rankings were going to come out, Michigan State did not have – his the their coach so i was going to put michigan state last or is like kind of an that, incomplete that would have bumped locks, locks up to 13 and then i would have said and also which is still true he should get a bump up for the recruiting prowess that he has yes of all the things you listed out that is definitely the thing that he's the strongest at that's the thing he's strongest at it's the whole x's and o's on saturday and game planning sunday to you know Wednesday it's not so much the x's or the O's. It's the X's and the O's. Together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know else to say, Maryland fans. If it sounds like we're piling on, again, we don't try, but, boy, it's got to look a lot It's been better. ugly. It's yeah. got to look a lot better very quickly. Number 13, the aforementioned Mel Tucker. Um, So, we're kind of getting – we'll have to – we're getting a little redundant here because we just kind of went over that. I mean – There's not a whole lot of criteria. We just got to – he's got to prove himself. And – I, I think I view the hire a little bit better than you. Is you that do. Fair? Yes. Um, I think Mel Tucker is going to be, I think he's going to be solid. And by solid, I mean, I think he will quickly get them to a definite bull contention up to the eight to nine win range, but not, I, next year will be tough. The next year I believe will be a rough year. Mm, it will and be. I think Sparty fans are going to have to have quite a bit of patience to understand this isn't going to look how you want it to look in 2020. Yeah, that could that might be the hardest part for them. They they're so used to winning that they they're not used to a rebuild. It has it's been a while, right? Like even the bad. Well, they did have a four and eight year somewhat recently, right? Or yeah, they did three, three and, and nine, nine. I think it was three so and nine. They have had that experience, but, but it was still D'Antoni. It wasn't like a rebuild. Uh, like they haven't had like a but several year rebuild. It's an experience. Uh, absolutely, where it's they a, had a bad year. So I think there's going to be one of those next year. Maybe even in 2021, it could be the year yeah. three until you really feel I good think about so. things. Yeah. But still, that's you got to give him that much time, right? Hey, if he does it. So, 13th ranked coach on our list. He is the fourth highest paid coach in the Big Ten. 5.3 Schmill. Who is his he agent? He is the leader in the clubhouse in a bad way at negative nine this is the biggest gap in pay to ranking that we have on this list See, i think part of that is just because he's the most recently hired coach and coaches salaries keep going up it's kind of they're just kind of paying the going rate right agree agree so i'm not going to fault and 
I, I'll say this for the hundredth time. It's not your money, everybody. No, it's, it's the athletic department's <laughs> money. So I, I still don't understand why people never, get all worked up about it. Never. I don't get understood it. that uh, whether it's that team's coach, you know, like that fans coach or it's a coach of a different fan base. Yeah. Like I, I've never understood why people get so worked up for it. Can't believe they're paying a million dollar per win. It's not your money. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy. Okay. Number 12. We got Lovey Smith. We got the beard. We got your man. Um, I think on some lists, Lovey could be a little bit higher. Notch, maybe even two. Possibly. Here's what this tells me. I I don't think Lovey Smith is a great college head coach, but I think he's a good overall coach. And if he's coming in at 12, we have a really a deep coaching conference here. I, I've called it the the uh, the conference of coaches. Um, you could it was maybe even more so that way when Urban was around. Sure, well, yeah. Because right now this is kind of off topic, real quick. But the term elite, I'm always confused on exactly what that means. But there's only two active elite conference or coaches right now, and I believe it's Saban and Dabo. Sure, I, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, Urban is. An elite Urban coach, was elite, yeah. But he's not currently he's coaching. He's not coaching. So right now I feel like we have two. One's in the SEC. One's in uh, the ACC. There isn't an, there isn't an elite coach on the, in the in the country past those two guys. I agree. So it's that's something that I just find interesting about any coaching list that you could do right now. Everybody's it is. I mean, it's just those two. it's just a big step down from two. From those from two to three. Yes, correct. But after that, the Big Ten shows out extremely huge well. that's it i mean it's kind of like big 10 basketball right now yes Death yes that with, is exactly with no elite analogy. teams that yeah. is perfect with with two bad team bad too bad that's true too wow that's amazing i can't believe i just came oh, up with that that's a amazing analogy. that was not pre-scripted everyone no, no that was that's just pure live podcast goal back to lovey <laughs> um the fact that he's even on this list is a tip of the hat to lovey because nobody thought he was going to be on this list by about mm, late september <laughs> early october last year or so um Definitely deserved to keep his job last year. Last year was definitely a good year. It'll be curious to see if the momentum can happen and if Lovey can move up the list next year. Let's not get too deep, but he's got some work to do this offseason. Right. Okay. Yep. So number 11, we've got another new. Well, hold cover. on. So he's, he's. Oh, sorry. Yeah. He's he, paid at the 11th best rating. So he, he gets a negative one. But only. I, I would say if you are a negative one to plus one to obviously even. You're you're paid right where you should get paid. Absolutely. Right? So at uh, 4.0 Schmill, uh, he's only one behind. Thank you. I would have forgotten that. So Lovey and the Illinois uh, uh, Athletic Department, they're 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 they got a good fair deal. Oh no no, they're way overpaying. <laughs> you didn't know that, haven't you read all what the media exactly. says? This is a good exercise to show how stupid that is, right? Yes. This is the market value. Correct. Okay. This is good. All right. Number eleven. Gold, Jerry. Gold. Gold. Number eleven. We got a newcomer. Rutgers coach Greg Schiano, um, 2006. Greg Schiano was borderline the greatest college coach on the planet. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He, he was a demigod back then. He was a demigod back yeah. then. Uh, he was. If you look up 2006, any coaching award that could be won, he won it that year. Why? Because he took Rutgers from the the bottom of the bottom to a very very competent football. Team. He took them from. Eh, 110 years of incompetency to 10 win seasons is what he did. Correct. Which with with football players that were developed 
from talent locally that wound up having NFL careers. I mean, there but was, also he did recruit some high level guys too. Correct. He got yeah. He, so the feeling around the Rutgers football program now, but it's been a while. Like it's been ten years, right? Since he's been at Rutgers. Correct. Since he's been in the college game. Yeah. Um. That's a thing. He's an older, a little longer in the tooth. Now. There's a reset button. There is a reset. He's button. got a reset. But with that being said, I think we've talked about it on the podcast a little bit. Um, he's he's rejuvenated the football program. Man, I I tell you what they're doing between the transfer portal and and signing guys in like prep guys recruiting. I am really amazed. It, it, by the way, just I think just through the portal alone, they're going to be a different looking team next year. I'm not saying they're going to be. You know, compete, but I I've had those same thoughts too. So the thought the there, it's the, not going to be a roll your helmet out. Obviously, follow this conference about as close as we can. Are having the same thoughts? Like I'm curious to see what this football team looks like next year. How much better it looks? Isn't that a, a magic trick he's already done? He already has point? absolutely. So that's that's why I have to list him above Lovey. Okay, um, and then uh, I'm also curious to see what the recruiting classes look like for Lovey for geography speaking, meaning. Most of he's gonna he's gonna put as much as he can a wall up around Jersey to Shiano. try to keep Shiano Not to Lovey, try to yeah. keep people uh, uh, in New Jersey. Will that affect other teams that go in and get who they want? So yeah, I mean he'll be he'll be competing directly head to head with Maryland and with Penn State in in conference. It's like a newly collapsed star that suddenly has a gravitational pull in an area that was not there before. Mm. Huh? Now we're talking here. What so is that, that like one of those uh, red dwarfs or? Uh... That would not be a red dwarf. That would be a white dwarf. White dwarf. Yep. Yeah. Got my um, dwarfs mixed up. Um, so he is pay, he, uh, Greg Shiano in our list ranked 11th. He is ranked 12th in pay. So you're actually getting a deal. Getting a small he's bargain. At, he's at 4.0 Schmill, just like Lovey. He is at a plus one right now for. So good job. Yeah. Way to go. Rutgers. Yeah. Yep. Um. Number 10, I think this is where it starts to get interesting, right? We might hear reactions on Twitter here. So I think from here, from 10 to like 6, these are all very close. Really? Like, okay. You don't think so? Yeah, no, I. it's close all over now, the well, place. You could put yeah, no, that, that, that may, may be overreaching a little bit. Okay. Let's just continue. Let's just continue. Okay. Number 10, we got Scott Frost of Nebraska. Um the thought process here, and we kind of talked about it on the last podcast, but if if you would have told Nebraska fans the day he got hired that he would have won nine games total in his first two years, you would have gotten laughed out of the conversation. After they had their heart attack and recovered, they would have laughed at you. Right. So I just don't think any, even the most hardened Scott Frost supporters, which there are many, even they have to be looking at this at this point saying, yikes, I thought this would look better two years in. Yeah, I mean, their their expectations have certainly been tempered and, and it readjusted uh, probably just overall in Husker Nation. Not that they were wrong expectations. I mean, he had great success at Central Florida. They should have had high expectations, but you got to reset it a little bit. I mean, the general thought process when he came over from UCF was the X's and O's offensive prowess that he was going to bring into the big 10 with his skills was going to lead to huge results quickly, quickly. If yeah. not the first year, definitely the second. And here's the thing. They, it's not like they didn't have talent. So I, I understood some of the, 
you know, some of the excitement. It was maybe a little overblown, but I I did understand where they were coming from. Yeah, no, I I mean, yeah, absolutely. I understood that why they would be excited. Mostly the reason why they would be excited is because the 13-0 season he had at UCF. Sure. Right? So now we are, I believe, four years, right, into Scott Frost's coaching tenure His as head, a head coaching. coach. Sure. So if he goes somewhere around, and I'm guessing their over-under is going to be set somewhere around six, six and a half for next year. So let's say he goes six and six next okay. year. He'll be five years into his coaching tenure. And about 500, maybe. Well, but my whole point is. A little over is, 500. A little over 500. My whole point is the the one year that's the anomaly of the five is the, is the winning sure. UCF year. Yeah, sure. So he's got to start winning here pretty quick, correct? And yeah, and I weight the Big Ten stuff more than I weight the the athletic the American Athletic Conference stuff. Definitely. Um, so that's that's why he's further down in this list right now. Prove so, me wrong next year, and I'll move him up. Uh, tenth on the list on our list here, he is the sixth highest paid coach in the Big Ten at five point zero million dollars, negative four. That's that's getting up there a little bit for now. We're still that's more than the standard deviation. I think that is more than the standard deviation. Yes. Now again, he's two years in. Um, Plenty of time. Four and eight and five and seven might not think that you should even be tenth on the list. I'm guessing me and you both believe he should be higher than Greg Shiano and Lovey Smith, simply off the fact that the direction that the program that we still think it will go and the heights it will reach, it they're going to continue to ascend. Correct. That is that is part what of we the expect. reason. That's where he... part of the reason. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That gets us to number nine, and this was close between nine and ten. We kind of flip-flopped back and forth with this, but number nine we have Indiana's Tom Allen. I think that's right where he needs to be. I mean, Tommy has – he has them on a projection like I have not seen with Indiana since the Mallory days. Correct. And We're, that's saying something. That was a long time ago. The the uh, the the Big Ten coaches ranking is going to go right into the program ranking that we're going to do next. Um, pre pre shadow, Indiana's not ranked high in the program. They're not. List. He's he's overachieving based on what we're going to talk about later. I mean, it was the greatest Indiana football season since 1993 last year. So there is recency bias here a little bit, but yeah, it does feel like the football program is ascending it does it's looking good absolutely like, it wouldn't be crazy to say that you think they could wind up being the fourth best football program in the big 10 east i'll be honest early my early guess is that's where they're going to be next year yeah i think they're the fourth best team in the east next year and it wouldn't surprise me to see them be somewhere in the three to four to five range in the big 10 east in the next two three years maybe four years i think so yeah right Absolutely. And is that about the one of the best compliments you could possibly give an Indiana head football coach? We might have him too low. Maybe we do. Yeah, now that I'm talking through But he's it. at nine. Uh, and then you want to talk about a deal. He is Man. the 13th ranked, uh, 13th highest paid football coach in the Big Ten at 3.9 Schmill plus four in the coach-to-pay rankings. Great. And is getting a steal. Great negotiation there, this Fred Glass. Is one of the better steals. Not the best steal, but one of the better steals in the Big Ten as far as our rankings are concerned. Yeah, it's not the best. It's third best. Third um, best steal. Anything else you want with uh, Tommy? 
Well, just, the, you know, the other thing is I, I give him the nod because of that crazy look in his eye. I don't know what he's going to do. If you weren't going to say a little bit about the crazy look, I was going to say the crazy look. <laughs> Tommy's got a crazy look. He's got a crazy look. <laughs> All right. So this will next one up is our eighth ranked coach. So this is our last coach in the bottom half rankings of the yep. Big Ten. We got Jeff Brom, like Tom, at eighth. Uh, it is hard to not be impressed with a lot of things that Jeff Brom has done since he's been at Purdue. Recruiting. Recruiting. Big one. Um, yep. Just just offensive productivity yep. is a, another a general, one. A general steeliness of the football team. It, a, 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 a um, you know, an excitement around the program, which Purdue has not had in, gosh, I don't know. Yeah. I've been on Twitter five, six years. Certainly how things were pretty quickly after Jeff Brom got working. It's a, it's the most excitement I've seen for Purdue fans any time before that. However, he hasn't he hasn't I mean he doesn't have a winning record in so, his three years. So it's and seven and six, then yep. a six and seven, then a four and eight. So arrow pointed down. Now I don't think it's gonna keep pointing down, but at the same time, this is the program he's built so far. So you gotta you My, got, and by the way, he was pretty darn good at Western Kentucky, too. That's a good point. So that's something that's at least worth mentioning. Um, this is my take. He had pretty good players when he got to Purdue. He, they he, were a he did. little bit t- more talented than probably most people would have anticipated. Well, I think they were pretty veteran, and I think he plugged in some areas with JUCO players and transfers that uh, that he needed to because he wanted to try to win right away. And that usually haunts you a couple years down the line, which is what we saw last year. They had a thinner roster last year. You're dead on. You're you're hitting all the points that I was going to make. Um, I think, and and to, I'm going to try to build on that. Hopefully, I'm not too redundant. But when he had pretty good players, they did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nobody can turn chicken bleep into chicken salad, or very few people can. Last year was. It was tough as far as a roster standpoint. Once they had the injuries go down, yeah, roster wasn't there to begin with. But then when all your key players get injured too, I mean, what are you going to do? But yet they still competed. Competed, yeah. And when I say competed, I don't mean just try hard. They both pulled games out versus teams. Yeah, and 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 even though the roster is kind of dipped down, I mean, the, I'm not going to say the path he took was wrong. Because he got excitement going right away, and that led to recruiting. So the the players are there. He's just got to develop them now. Okay. So Fair I, to... it's it's hard, kind of. I don't know. I'm I'm torn on this to put him that because low, there, but he hasn't accomplished that much. It there is a gut feeling versus accomplishment battle in my head with Jeff Brown. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. Like if if you walked up to me and said, okay. You can pick whoever you want to be your head coach at whatever school. Jeff Brom. He would pop into your head, wouldn't he? He would. I know. So, like, in that vernacular, I feel like he should be higher. But, brother, wins and losses matter. Yeah. We got sure. to see it. Right. So. I do um, expect him to move up this list. I'll say that. I expect him to move up as well. Anybody want to guess on where he is ranked in the Big Ten? For I pay? know he was well paid. I forgot that he was this high. He is the second highest paid coach in the Big Ten. So Purdue University agrees with our assessment that he's a very good coach. $6.6 million. He is at a negative six ranking right now from our Mm. eyes on big ranking to to pay. I expect that to change, though. That will probably change. Next up, all right, now we are in the top half of the coaches' ranking. I think we get into 
even more interesting debate. At seven, Khaki Pants, Jim Harbaugh. I think he's one of those coaches when you see that this list comes out or any podcast, any tweet, you always look and see, hmm, I wonder where they're going to put Jim Harbaugh. Do you, yeah, do you not agree? he's usually the first one people look for. A little bit of a lightning rod type Abs- There you go. Good good, good uh, the, uh, analogy there. Lightning rod. That's what it, he is. It is. His chest looks like a lightning rod when he's running around with recruits with his shirt off, like in that very viral picture that you see all the time. Um, but that's kind of part of the whole Jim Harbaugh experience, right? Yeah, oh, it's, yeah it is. He has muted the goofiness in the last Boy, year or two. He has, and I'm happy about that. I, I, I like him a lot more now. Um, me too. And I, it never bugged me that much. It, it's it bugged kinda, me. It's kind of like when coaches get paid a lot and it annoys people, it's, it's not your coach. Like why did, why does it, why does a coach of another team bug you that much? I guess because the goofiness would get him media play. Yeah. And it's like, and then it's do a jealousy we, do because we, it's like, yeah. Do we really need to be promoting this goofball here and giving him free like advertising it's already for Michigan? Z- whoever the Michigan yeah. coach is is going to be a big. Name. That's where that's, I was coming from. That's very well articulated. Okay. I get what you're saying there. Um, I had Harbaugh a little bit higher in my initial rankings that I came to the table with, and I had him a little bit lower. But yeah. they, it wasn't a huge gap. No, not a huge gap. Um, you're not going to just get me to forget about what he did at Stanford okay. and what he did at the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, okay. Are, are, okay. Is NFL not count at all? No, it counts a little it bit. Count. It counts we a little bit. We didn't even bring that up with Lovey, but... We didn't, but uh, I'm okay with it counting a little bit, but I don't think it counts nearly as much as anything someone did in college. Now... So you're saying... So the 49ers is more recent than Stanford, mm-hmm. but you put more weight in what he did at Stanford in this vernacular for Howard. I would, but I'm going to temper that a little bit. What did he do after he after Andrew Luck left? What has he done in college? I know he's he's won some games. Well, he Michigan. got Andrew Luck to come to Stanford. Did he? Did he recruit almost, him? I don't know that. Almost positive. Okay, he did so. Then you got to give him credit for that, right? Yeah. So like, I always find that interesting. When people say, "What what did that coach do with or without that player?" And I'm like, "But he got that player on campus, so he should." At you know, the least- best one, best example of that is is Jimbo Fisher with Jameis Winston. Sure. Because yeah. I don't think I don't think Jimbo's a very good coach. But I have to give him credit for getting Winston. He that's that's why he got his championship. Yeah, he got Jamo. Was getting Jamo. <laughs> you know, Jamo's just got uh, eye surgery. No, oh, yeah. no, is that? Oh, a- oh it, it's he's been he's been raked over the coals on Twitter with it. So like people are like, but you're, wouldn't it be amazing? You're not joking. No, he got eye surgery. It was this week, almost positive. Well, I mean, doesn't that excuse the 32 interceptions or whatever? Yet? <laughs> I don't think so, but it's funny. Um, yeah, so. Now, then you we haven't even talked about Jim Harbaugh being at Michigan at this point. Right, which he's done a good I mean, he's been Michigan at Michigan, I think. Like people forget Michigan was not doing well when he took that program over. It well, they were doing terrible. Rich Rod and then into into Fat Boy. So Fat and, Boy, and it, but it, remember Fat Boy got him immediately good and, and then, then tailed they, off. But and Harbaugh got them immediately good and just kind of he hasn't tailed so much, That's but he's point. just been, he's plateaued. Right. So I guess maybe I should give him more credit because he hasn't tailed off and he wasn't let rich me, rod. Let me, let me ask and, you this. And Lloyd, to- he tailed off. Lloyd tailed off? Too. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Where would you set the perma over under for Michigan, meaning if they're below that number of wins or above, they're doing good? It's going to be around nine or nine and a half. Okay. I was going to say nine and a half or 10. Okay. But so he's gotten to that. So if you're nine or nine and a half, he's gotten to ten several times. He has since he's been at Michigan. See now I got to change my answer. So he, 
He's pre- I mean, he's 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 done a good job. This is the best way I can describe it. He's not as good enough of a coach to get as much as attention as he does, but he's not a bad enough coach to get as much of attention yeah, as he does. That's fair. Um, I I guess I think Michigan has a ceiling, and he's pretty close to that ceiling. So maybe I should be giving him more credit. I think he's a pretty good coach. He's pretty, but he hasn't gotten him, you know, over that hump. There's Who's going to get him over that hump? And I think if you're a Michigan fan, right, and you sit there and you you get rid of Jim Harbaugh, who, what's going to happen who next? Going to get because I don't know who's going to who can do that. Who can get him over that hump? I don't know that there is a person that can. So you, you got to you got to stick with Jim Harbaugh if you're a Michigan Boy, fan. We don't might you? we might have him a little bit low. Um, paid. He is the highest-paid coach Oof. in the Big Ten by a lot. Seven point five Schmill. That is more than almost a million dollars more than the second-place coach who we just talked about, Jeff Brom. So he is also at a negative six. Both him and Jeff Brom at a negative six, where their ranking is. At. Do you know that those two athletic directors hang out all the time? Mi- Michigan, and Purdue. I don't know. Oh, I just <laughs> you would have had me. Could have kept going with that. Uh, All right, guys, moving on? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Again, I feel like we're already getting into angry Twitter zone right here. This Which, is gonna, by the way, we we invite. Bring yes, it at us. Like, I have no problem engaging in like civil discourse. You yeah. know, I don't want you just bashing me. But if you say, hey, Kurt, I think you're wrong in this and that, I'd love to engage. Absolutely. I Good, good you know, uh, bringing up more civil fight. Yeah. You know, like, what is your – and here's my points – Against what you said, love to hear it. If you say you're an idiot, go you know run off, run into traffic. You're getting a little little ahead of yourself. Here's some advice: start with saying "Excuse me, Mr. Big Kurt," and then finish with "You're an asshole," and I think you're stupid. It's all about yeah. serving up the yeah. Um, we got PJ Fleck at number six. Yes, um, PJ would not have been this high and was not this high when we did this ranking last year. No, he was. Definitely bottom half. I want to say around 10 or something like that. But three years in to his Minnesota coaching tenure, it it you couldn't have expected it to be any better than this. Arrow pointing way up. And then you look, he did the exact same thing at Western Michigan. Arrow pointing way up. Got to bring up Western Michigan to this, yep. right? Um, for any, there seems to be a lot of, fighting on Twitter between Nebraska and Minnesota fans. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Yeah. Um, A lot of it is comparing coaches, right? Yeah. And one of the best things you can say about Scott Frost is the success he had at UCF. Yep. I think what uh, PJ Fleck did at Western Michigan may be even more impressive because Western Michigan has been awful before and awful since. Okay. UCF had a okay you're comparing a, you're comparing western michigan to ucf is correct. okay yeah then I, I i agree with that okay you agree with that yes because ucf, UCF is going to have the most talent all the time in the american in the aac yeah always right. western, western michigan, michigan <laughs> nobody's expected like no i no. mean the the mac in general is just a mixed bag like you could have a three-year run from one school and a three-year run like it's never the same he's been one of if not the old like like western michigan was always bad they were always one of the worst mac teams yeah usually they were and 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 the thing that amazes me about fleck is he's he's the quarterback whisperer that that harbaugh really isn't anymore interesting because he did that at western michigan with zach terrell he's doing it right now with tanner morgan 
And that's the one thing. If you look back at the, like the last 20 years of Minnesota history, what have they always been missing? Quarterback. You always say that would be a really good team if they had a quarterback. And they never had it. Now they do. Crazy. It's a great point. That is a really good point. Also good for you to bring up the former prowess of quarterback whisper that Jim Harbaugh used to be. That was the thing. Like, I know. Like he just We didn't bring that up. We should have we should have mentioned that. Well, we just mentioned it. We well, I mean, can we mention it now? Yeah. Well, we're only <laughs> he he just was the last coach. I know. We're not that, we're far, not away. that far away. Um the shtick, the the PJ Fleckness, the this the quotes, I mean, the sayings. No none of that factors most, in here. Even even most Minnesota fans say it's not my type of thing. Sure. But then they turn around and defend him. Why? Because of wins. That's why. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be anybody's thing except his, his coaches, and his players. So, yeah, I mean, long story short, I feel like there is a lot of reasons anti-Minnesota fans or just anti-Fleck people attack him. Um, but in the end, he, he's you built this thing up. You oh, just... and, and, I, and I another thing that I've thought about, too, okay. is – there are people that say he actually okay, uh, uh, big boy, uh, defensive coordinator before last year before he took over. Um, oh, Clay's, Clay's Tracy Clay's, yeah. So Clay's had won nine games before, and then sure. they took a step back. Yeah, to, to five and seven. Their recruiting had gotten so bad before that, but I hear that a lot. Like how well, but people you... talk about how he went from a nine-win team. To, I think they won f- five games that year, five and seven. Yeah, five and seven. His first year, year right. zero. Year zero the, yep. The very well documented okay. year zero. <laughs> yes. Me and you are on record of saying we don't agree with that thought process. We knew how sharply the roster dropped off after that Clay's year. I Accurate? mean, it, there was a drop off, and again, I'll go back to especially a quarterback. My God, Demry Croft was their quarterback. What's he doing now? Um, but the 20, I, I saw something recently, the 2016 recruiting class was like re-ranked. I can't remember if it was 24 seven or maybe sports illustrated, one of the two that did it. And they were one of the top recruiting classes in the country the year before the, the, the year, the recruiting class before PJs. Really? Yeah. Okay. But at the time there, there, and also like there, Carter was just, Coughlin, there was just a lot of seniors. Tyler Johnson. There was just a lot of seniors that dropped off that, that team. There might've been in two, after 2017. Yeah. But again, I got to go back to my God, or they did 16. They didn't even have a division two quarterback on the roster. Correct. Anyways, I think that's just something that's worth bringing out. Cause I see it used a lot in the PJ Fleck distractors. Um, he is the eighth ranked coach or yep. eighth paid highest paid coach. In the Big Ten at four point six million, so he is at a plus two. That is that's above, a bargain. That's a he, he is officially a bargain with the University of Minnesota. It's above the standard deviation. I think standard deviation one. Standard deviation plus so, one. Yep. Yep. All right. So that gets us to, to our fifth ranked coach. It's Northwestern Zone Pat Fitzgerald. I wonder if this was a coach that people were starting to as they're as we're going through the list, they're starting to wonder where we're going to put him. Well, there's going to be some recency bias on this one. Very, very recency bias. I Meaning, mean, he sh- in your eyes, he should be higher. I think he should be higher. I, I do believe he should be I higher than five. I think he's about right where he should be on the list. Um, we, The recency bias is strong with this. I will say that. 
list that just came out last year had Pat Fitzgerald. Some people thought he was one or two in the Big Ten. I can tell you I had him number one last year in the Big Ten. Okay. Um, this is not to besmirch Pat Fitzgerald's coaching prowess at all. We The the fear of Pat Fitzgerald is still fresh in, oh. in this Iowa fan's mind. Uh, do you think he's not fresh in my mind after what they did to Illinois this year? And what we're getting at is the... You know, it's it's to the the Seinfeld character, of course. When when Jerry would say Newman, Newman, yeah, he's he's Newman. He, he, he is, is the Newman. Fitzgerald, and it's not just to Iowa and Illinois. It's Wisconsin. It's, poor, it's, it's poor Nebraska, Utah fans. It's Minnesota, like he but, has. You know what I'm saying? Utah, Utah. They had no idea what no was idea. gonna hit him. They had no idea what was gonna hit him in that bowl game last oh, year. Oh, those poor guys. Yeah, and, and we were just laughing on Twitter, like, oh, you guys didn't know that. Yeah. you had a huge lead, but it wasn't safe in the in the. You didn't realize this was quarter. his script. He's, he had it written out before the game. So that Pitts, that Pat Fitzgerald is still alive. Yes, he's still he is. there. Um, he's never going to die. We we will do the rankings soon of the of the uh, programs of what your what any coach would want to go to 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 be at. Northwestern is not near the top. They are closer to the bottom. Yeah. So what he's been able to do at Northwestern, they've never really been bad over the last two coaches. Right, you know that's a good point. Like they've they've never they've if, well hold on really three you can go back to Barnett for sure back to Barnett um he started three, out three bad correct, he too. rose up he you know had a little it went up and down at the end then Walker came in and Walker was fantastic it was good and now Fitzgerald has them to heights they've never reached before really I mean with the exception of ninety five ninety six he has them with more sustained success than they've had in their history what. I I had said on Twitter was as recently as August of 2019, right? So about six months ago, if you would have ranked the Big Ten West programs, one, two, three, Northwestern would have been third. That is a direct compliment, obviously, to Pat Fitzgerald as the head football coach. The recency bias is just how bad 2019 was. I mean, you can't discount it. It was so ugly. It is a... It, it is a really bad poop stain on, it, on the Pat Fitzgerald resume. It's a poop stain. Um, you're you're listening to a guy talk that knows it's ugly still football. A nice, it's still a nice pair of underwear. But, but there's a poop stain. We got to wash that out before we can move this back up. Yeah. Um, it's it's a Tommy John underwear. Okay. Let's be honest. Okay. You know, Tommy John, that's like a premium underwear. Oh, okay. But right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hear that uh, commercials all the time. Um, but again, I'm someone who knows bad football. Because I've watched so much of it in my life. I, I'm i telling you, I have not seen football that ugly in a long, long time in the Big Ten. And that's why that is the boat anchor to Pat Fitzgerald's ranking right now, is is the recency bias. It was so what? tough to watch them, and especially, on, I mean, on offense, not defense. They had a really they good defense. They were fine yeah. on defense. But with that being said, projecting forward next year, do you feel great? No, I don't. I don't. So I don't feel good at all. that also affects his rankings right now, right? Yeah, you have to. I mean, now that we've talked through this, we can't feel a little bit better where he's ranked. We can't pretend like we don't know that information about what you know what they're bringing to the table next year. We we have knowledge of these teams. This is something that I... But again, I feel like I need to say this because otherwise the Pat Fitzgerald football gods are going to smite me in some way. <laughs> like I still... You're feel already like, smited, man. Am I smited? So, I, yes. Damn it. Um, he has the ability to to magician this thing uh, and make it look better, right? He's going to magician, but I don't, just don't know how good he can make it next year. So, yeah, I think five is fair. So, speaking of fair, he is the 
fifth ranked coach Cha-ching. in the Big Ten, 5.2 Schmill, right even. He is right on. So it's him and Locks. They're getting paid exactly what they should get paid. But you're still somehow getting a better deal at Northwestern. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Number four, we have got Iowa's own Kirk Ferentz. And, of course, whenever you say Kirk Ferentz's name, you have to say the dean of Big Ten football. Coaches. Absolutely. Was it 18 years? Uh, no, we're like 21. Is it that long? Yeah, 99 is when he took over. Woof. Yeah. He's the dean for sure. Yeah, he's the dean of a lot of things. Um, first of all, dude looks pretty good for still being in his lower 60s, doesn't he? Hey, that? did you see the the Big Ten Network? They were they were uh, given like new recruits, like pictures of things from basically the time when they were born and like, you know, who is this person or what is this thing? And they gave them a picture of Kirk Ferentz and they were like, they looked at it and like paused and go, is that a young Kirk Ferentz? <laughs> and they're like, yes, that's yeah. a young Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. But was- he still looks good. But they, I mean, they could they could identify him twenty two um, years ago. Yeah, um, showing my wife pictures of a young Kirk Ferentz, she's like, "Damn." Good okay, so we've established that your wife likes a young Kirk Ferentz as well as a young Hayden Fry. A young Hayden. Fry. Okay, right. All right. Um, <laughs> looking cross-eyed at me here. <laughs> she actually is a little bit of a silver fox hunter. Okay. Truth well, you're told. not doing great there yet. No, I don't have any. I don't have no. any gray hair. I'm very happy about that. Um. Listen, uh, hard to not bring in the whole history here, right? Um, won 11 games three times between 02, 03, 04. One Big Ten championship? Two Big Ten Two Big Ten championships, yep. okay. Three National Coaches of the Year. Three That's pretty Big impressive. Three Coaches of the Year. Very impressive. Uh, and the thing is, like, they just never go away. Right. You expect them to go away eventually or have a down year eventually. When was the last down year they had? 2012. Really bad. 4-8 that year. But that's okay. it. Like the worst years besides And then that before that was was when he was rebuilding, when right? he was rebuilding. So he's yeah, had one so. down year since he built it back up. Correct. That, it's hard to argue with that. To me, that's that. like people love to see somebody get really fat and then lose the weight. And they're like, man, that is great. How about a guy, a person that just doesn't ever get fat? Isn't, or, doesn't that, or doesn't, doesn't ever become a drug addict. Yes. Or, like, does, oh, he, doesn't that have to drug go. addict's probably a better analogy. But, oh, my God, look at Craig. You know, he was living in a gutter three years ago. You know, his wife kicked him out. Lost his job. But, gosh, he's doing good now. How about John, who just never, you know, cheated on his wife, got a drug addiction? And I, How about that? You know? Those, that, those are usually pretty good people. <laughs> Point we're trying to make here is, it seems like, you know, obviously I'm looking at this from an Iowa for, point of view, but you tell me that Kirk Ferentz gets drugged through the mud because that it's it's never been that exciting, good or bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I see where you're going with that. Like, never strays from the mean. They want people strained from the mean. That's more interesting. But and, at the and, same and, time, and, and he's I won would, eleven games, would, right? And I would say. The offense and just the the ability to have explosive looking football teams not exactly a Kirk Ferentz forte. No, that's that's a big reason too. I think. But you know what? I sure have had fun as an Iowa fan watching six different times that Iowa's wound up ten wins or more in his tenure. I, I cannot even express my jealousy strongly enough. 
I mean, over the last five years, I think Iowa is third or fourth in the Big Ten for wins. Sounds about right. But what what do you say to the the folks that say, well, you know, he, he he's not winning national championships. He's not going to the college football playoff. Um, yeah, sure, he was in the the Big Ten championship game in fifteen. But what else has he done? Depends on he, he wins seven or eight on games. What fan base is spitting at me when I'm hearing those things? Because you did just did a perfect uh, impersonation of. Twitter or some sort of conversation at a bar with that stuff. So yeah. it pretty much, de- my, my typical answer is, and what has your school done any better in the last 20 years? And pretty much unless it's Ohio state and Wisconsin, they don't have a whole lot to say. And yeah. that pretty much flies through the rest of college football. So another thing here, our fourth ranked coach, he is the seventh highest paid coach now in the big 10. This could be a whole podcast on my own, to be honest with you, but the Kirk Ferentz contract and what he gets paid is like Darren Ravel just just goes nuts on it every single time. He, he's at a plus three right now, so he is two spots ahead of the mean. Tell you. After all of the coaching hires that have happened and all of the bumps in pay, Kirk Ferentz is officially a good deal for the University of Iowa. He's a plus three. Um, you know, I've always said Gary Barda, smartest guy in the room. Well... We're gonna have a chance. <laughs> We're gonna have a chance to feel about that because he is the head of the college football playoff yes, committee. Yes. He's going to get interviewed every Tuesday night. Yeah, how do you I, feel about that? I'm scared shitless. Man. I'm sure you are. Yeah. Okay. Moving All on. All right. So number three. Oh man. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Right? This is tough. We have. This, so this, uh, would you agree this is the hardest one to evaluate? Absolutely. We have Ryan Day. Yeah. At three. Any t- anybody that does a Big Ten coach list has a Ryan Day problem. What do you do with this guy? Okay, I gave this team an A plus this year for the for their effort. Right, remember right, that? Right. I gave them an A plus. Right. And when you look at our criteria that we listed off ourselves, recruiting. Yes, check. Uh, wins and losses. Check. Uh, the overall feel of where the program's going. Check, check, check. I mean, basically all the things we're listing off. The only issue is one year only done it for one year but you can only go off of what you have seen and obviously there was prowess of ryan day before he got the job he wasn't gonna you're not gonna get the head coaching job at ohio state with already have not built up you know some equity in the college football coaching world look what he did with um, the quarterback last year um uh haskins haskins just you know greatest most prolific passing season in big 10 history and so then, does that factor in it? It should. It should. Yeah. it should. And I know he wasn't a head coach, so maybe we're getting outside of what we're supposed to consider there, but I can't help but bring that into the equation okay. of what is Ryan Day. And if you take this year and you take what you think they're going to do next year and you look at recruiting, I mean, if you project from this, if you extrapolate, that's greatest coach of all time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little aggressive. Are um, you kidding me? What they did last year, if you extrapolate what well, he's doing? Do you know what me, extrapolate me, means? I, do, I think I do. <laughs> what? Let me ask you this right now. Do you think he will wind up having a better career than Urban Meyer? No. Okay. Okay. There's. I just there said is, if. I is, said if. I know. There is a thought process for like, people like, oh, Urban Schmerman. There is. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. Like it's been one year. I know. I mean, but you couldn't have done much better. You can't predict him to be better than Urban. 
you have to predict him to be less. But at the same time, you're curious at this. He's point. starting higher than Urban, and it looks like he's projecting higher. But I mean, we, we will see. We'll see. Yeah, he's third. Um, he's third right now. Uh, being a younger man, uh, you wonder if he would get plucked by the NFL. That's the only place he would go from. He's not going to another college team. Nope. So it's either Ohio State till he wants to leave till death for, do them part or NFL. Don't you think? Yeah, I could see them plucking him though. It's it's a possibility. He's pluckable. He's pluckable. Yeah. NFL pluckability. Yeah. Of course, we have to talk about Ryan Day's quaff. There you go. Hey, you know what I was thinking the other night? Was it last night that? Uh, Do you have a picture of Ryan Day's? Just not his whole face. Just like from the top of his eyebrow up somewhere in your. Who dwelling? told you that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was thinking. I, was I would like, be so creeped out <laughs> next time I go to your place if I see that. No, but hold on. I got to tell you something right. creepy. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> So I was watching the Iowa-Indiana game. Ugh. And sorry. Yeah. But Luca Garza's eyebrows, I'm like, those oh, came yeah. from the quaff of Ryan Day. They had yeah. to. <laughs> That's the only explanation. Those uh, are some thick brows, He's got man. some thick brows. Oh, man. Yeah. he's uh, There's some sort of Muppet character that he looks almost exact. I don't the know. Eagle? Yes, the Eagle? Yes, the, the Eagle. Yes, the Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Nice. Cl- All I gave you was Muppet character, and you pulled it out. Nailed it. Are you, are you a Muppet aficionado too? Or? Uh, kind of. <laughs> okay. So, Ryan Day, long story short, he is an offensive mastermind. We've got enough to know that. The the program seems calmer. I like Ohio State football more. Do, they, Ohio they, State football is not nearly as hateable as it was just a year ago. Accurate? The, the, yes, definitely yes. They seem less on edge. There you go. I you know? Yeah. Yep. But yet, still killer instinct. Because that's what he is. He is that choir boy that'll take yeah, you out behind the church. Just gut you. Yep, if he has yep. to. When you're not looking. Just Speaking sh- of. Just shiv you. Shiv you. Yeah. Shiv. Uh, ninth highest rate paid coach. That can't be right. In the Big Ten, four point five million. He is at a plus six variable. We haven't heard of a, a a new contract for him or anything. That's that's going to change in the offseason. There's no way they're going to let that keep happening. That is a great point. Why has there been no Ryan Day read? Maybe maybe because it's Ohio State, and they're like, listen, we expect you to win the Big Ten. You need to win the national championship to get a new contract with us. Well, let's not get that started again. Well. I'm just saying, like, is that the thought process behind, you know, the athletic department? I mean, he's sitting next to Lovey Smith, and Lovey's like, yeah, I make about what you make. <laughs> Do you think he's brought that up to Gene Smith, and Gene Smith's just been like, listen. Uh, I can't what? imagine them not giving him the money he asks for. Soon, soon. Yes, it'll it's going to happen. Yeah. All right, so that gets us to the second-ranked coach in the Big Ten. Wisconsin zone. Paul Crest. I'll be honest. I don't feel great about this. Okay. I've I had a, Ryan Day hired to start. Are you thinking Ryan Day should be in, in, in front of Paul Crest? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm just saying. You think Paul Crest should be lower is what you're about to I'm say. I'm not saying that either. I'm well, just saying. Don't you feel good about I don't know what, what it takes to fail at Wisconsin at this point. That is a distraction or detractor is what I should say. As the Wisconsin coach, it seems like if you plug somebody that's just good at calling plays in Madden, that they could run this football program to be a nine to ten win. Uh, uh, that's kind of what I feel, but at the same time, 
he does get his players up for the big games. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. He's not marching into those big games and losing them. He gets his players them. up for the medium and lower size games, too. They bl- blow mediocre teams out. All right. You're, make, gotta, you're, you're bringing up some four good points here. 4-1 versus Iowa over the last five years. Yeah, yeah. 0-1 oh, versus, versus Illinois this Minnesota, year. 5-0 and oh versus Nebraska. Okay. I mean, they've owned the division. And, and it's not like they're playing with the greatest talent in the world. I mean, like Jonathan Taylor. Okay. The only distraction that you can, or that you can put detractor. I did it again. The only detractor you can pull from Paul Christ is that the the big game, the big moment. That's it. But okay, now I'm Hasn't just I'm, now I'm totally contradicting myself because those big games are always against teams that have vastly more talent than him. But then does that turn around, and is that a bad thing about Paul Chris? Why isn't the recruiting better? No, because you're is, never going to recruit at, at Ohio State levels can in Wisconsin. I, I mean, but real quick, that might get into the program thing a little bit, but they've got they've got access to some talent in Chicago, right? Sure. Um, they're always and they pull, pull, they pull talent big, all the time from Chicago. They do, and they're always going to pull whatever big boys they need out of Wisconsin. They've got a fence around the state of Wisconsin. Right? Yeah. So why isn't their recruiting better? It's gotten better. It's, it's tick. It's, it's, well, first it's of trending all, up, right? it is trending up. But first of all, shouldn't I, this be a 20 to 25 rank recruiting class every year? I don't think so. No, no, really? Okay. No, I don't think so. There's too much competition in Chicago. There's not enough talent in Wisconsin. Yeah. So they do have their, you know, inroads in like Florida and Jersey so I guess, I mean, they're going to have to recruit nationally if they really want to take that next step. Okay, fair point. And that's not easy to do. And you just describe why they're not ranked that high yeah. in recruiting and why you just describe that they have a, a Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State problem. Yes. Or bigger bowl game. They should have beat Oregon. They should have beat Oregon. Well, they should have beat Oregon. I mean, that was, they laid an egg. Now. They made a poopy diaper that. They did. And, and that. Um, now, with that being said, there are. Certain X's and O and game plan things that I see out of Paul Chris, I'm like that he he gets into which category with that stuff. Okay. The the game plan that he came out with in the first half in the Big Ten Championship, using Jack Cohn as a running quarterback. Well, that was freaking amazing, and I think he pretty much knew that Justin Fields was immobile in that game, and their defensive yeah. game plan. You sure. modeled around that. Like it's a good point. They did, and, and then the game plan against Minnesota. Last year, well, it was another good another good point. These are the reasons I put Paul Crest this high. And I'll even throw in the first Ohio State game where they were hanging with Ohio State in that first half when we thought Ohio State was completely indestructible. And we just listed off how much, you know, the great record Paul Crest has over the other Big Ten West programs. This is a good power five division okay i feel pretty good about paul chris number See, two. Now we, i changed we, my mind we, we talked through this stuff we did works, right? you know it's laying on laying on the sofa talking to the shrink yep i'm feeling better about myself you walk out feeling good you want to talk about feeling good mm. the wisconsin fans should feel good he is the 10th highest paid coach in the big 10 4.2 million a plus eight variable this is our highest variable and it's not even close. It's high. It's highest by two points. Ryan Day yeah. is the next highest. Right. At at plus six. Um. With that being said, I don't think Paul Christ would live his life any different if he made eight million dollars a year or eighty thousand. So you're saying he would still just kind of talk like this and say, uh, you know, Jack Cohn uh, had a good week back. I think he just comes home and he eats some mac and cheese. 
you know. Oh, he's eating a lot of mac and cheese. Not even the fancy stuff, you know, like the. I think he's going with just the the old school craft yep, mac, mac and cheese. You know what I mean? Like he's he's drank Bush Light since. But do you think since, it's Bush Light? Well, could it be? Would it be like Old Mud, Old Milwaukee? Hmm. See, now we're talking. Oh. It's it's got to be a Wisconsin beer, right? You think so? Yeah, yeah it's got to be Wisconsin like a Miller guy. product of some sort. Yeah. He's probably Is he drank, going with the High Life? You know what? I bet it would be the Banquet beer. Just straight Miller. Mm. What do you think? You're thinking of Coors. Coors is the oh, Banquet yeah. beer. What the am I talking about? The Banquet beer. Yeah. Um, so, so Miller. Yeah. Like, like Miller, the High Life. Yeah. The High, high life. life. High Life. He's going with the High Life. And he's probably drank High Life since the late 80s. And he's like, why would I change? Since he's like 12 years old. <laughs> Probably. You know? Yeah. Man, could Anyways, you imagine? He doesn't need all that extra could money. Could you imagine so. someone saying they don't feel good about Krista, too? Man, who would ever say that? <laughs> I don't know who would say that. But you never hear about Paul Chris getting raises either. Man. <laughs> and maybe it's because Alvarez says, I can replace him. I don't Maybe because is he got that, the system down. But is he that arrogant? If if we're talking arrogance in comparison to Barry Alvarez, yes, yes the answer he is. is. Yeah. He is. Okay. As long as he's not Gary Anderson, we can do it. We can get <laughs> Even it done. Even Gary Anderson did it. Well, the the problem there was he wanted to change the offense. You, you don't do that. Well, and then he wanted to change recruiting, too. And that also mm. got shot down. But I think that was more like the yeah. university president or whatever. But All right, so that gets us to number one. And if you've been counting your coaches, it's pretty easy to figure out. It is Penn State's own James Franklin. I'm guessing people are a little bit surprised at this. Yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways I'm a little bit surprised. But okay. at the same time, you look down the list, and I think this is the clear choice. He's got a Big Ten championship under his belt. Check. And as impressive as the high water marks have been since he's been at Penn State, and they've been good, right? I think last year was maybe his best coaching yeah. job since he's been at Penn State. And the nine wins he got two years in a row at Vanderbilt. So insane. That's the other thing is that played in heavily. Played in huge for me to my because it's it's a Power Five conference. It's we're not talking about Western Kentucky here. We're talking about not only a Power Five conference but Vanderbilt in a Power Five conference. Vanderbilt and is not a Power Five team. They are. They're not. They just are in a Power Five conference. Correct. That's and he got him to nine wins twice. They they have. Never touched that before. They have catered under Derek Mason since. He's done an amazing job. At, he did an amazing job at Vanderbilt. He did an amazing job He's there. He's done an amazing job at Penn State. There's but, been some there's some kookiness with James Franklin. The I actually the the you know Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State tweets. I kind of they've kind of grown on me. I get what he, he's just trying to he's always trying to focus on the next team it's not about bigger picture during yeah. the season it's working because he's winning a ton of football games right he's an amazing recruiter he's doing great recruiting absolutely he's definitely brought penn state up a notch in recruiting correct i would say he's brought them up a notch yes the biggest attraction with james franklin is the in-game coaching and adjustment there are some gaffes here and there but even that's gotten better i think so i think it has i think so I mean, he's got a little bit of a CEO head coach about him. Is that fair? There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. No, if you know that you're not the X's and O's guy and you hire the X's and O's guys, hey, 
Good for you. You 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 did hire those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I just you did wrote, your job. I just uh, uh, read a really good article on the Athletic about Kirk Shiroka. There was history with James Franklin and Kirk Shiroka in the past. Like the Kirk okay. Shiroka has been on his radar. Um, I think that was a big hire. It, it's gonna very hurt big Minnesota. hire. Um, I don't know how much it's gonna hurt Minnesota. I think they've got their their game plan. Okay. That's I, fair. I let's not go too deep into that, but I think it's gonna help. Penn State. I will say that it's going to help Penn State more than hurt Minnesota. Um, I think he made really good offseason hires this year. Yeah, he did. They needed an uptick at O line. I think they got that. The wide receivers definitely have been underperforming. He yep. switched that. Now I'm never going to like a ton of coaching changes like that. I want to see like one or two max. Yeah, you're always going to have a couple, but you want stability overall. You want to keep so a little bit more eight or so of your coaches. Yeah, so a little bit. There has to also be some compliment in there. Coaches keep getting better jobs and moving on because they're having success at Penn State. Right. You have to cycle a little bit. Now, they're still – Penn State is still a step below Ohio State. There's no denying that. And Given one more year – I'll also it, say there's a, a still a, a substantial gap. In talent. In talent. Or just overall between Ohio State – I'm talking about in talent. But there's still, right, a, there's still right, a gap. Right now, we're comparing Penn State to Ohio State. <laughs> Which is a good thing. There you go. It's this is going to be a weird analogy, but did it's, we compare Michigan to Ohio State? No, we didn't. That's a good point. We didn't. That's a really good we point. Didn't. So yes. Okay. The it, analogy I was going to use is it's unfair for Eli Manning to be compared to his brother. Well, that's kind of unfair. His brother's arguably the greatest quarterback, sure, in the history of the NFL. Kind of the same thing with Penn State here. It's like every time. Somebody brings up Penn State to, you know, like a Penn State fan is fighting with a non-Penn State fan. They're always comparing them to Ohio State. Well, they're a lot closer than anybody else that's in right. the conferences right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. There is a clear number one and number two in the Big Ten. And that's because of James Franklin. James they weren't Franklin, there then James before. Franklin they is, weren't there before him. That's accurate. Yes. Right? Not that they don't have tradition to use. I mean, it's there, but he seems to be doing a good job. And where is James Franklin paid in the conference? He is the third highest paid coach. At 5.7. So he's got a differential of plus two. He's one over the mean. One over the mean. Penn State is doing a good job with where they're paying their coach. Right Way now. to go, Penn State. All right, so we're going to go. Now we'll go top to bottom, right? Yeah. Okay, number one, James Franklin. Number two, Paul Chris. Number three, Ryan Day. Number four, Kirk Ferentz. Number five, Pat Fitzgerald. Number six, PJ Fleck. Number seven, Khaki Pants, Jim Harbaugh. Number eight, Jeff Brom, like Tom Number nine, Tom Allen. Number 10, Scott Frost. Number 11, Greg Schiano. Number 12, Lovey Smith. Number 13, Mel Tucker. And number 14, the locks. Yes, sir. Feel good? Yeah, I just keep seeing Tommy Allen staring at me saying, I'm better than nine. I'm going to get you, Big Kurt. That'd be scary. Yeah. If I saw Tom Allen bearing down on you. I'm just going to do a 180 and just turn around. Oh, you're on your own, man. I'm not getting in the middle of that. He's the guy that, like, he's not the most imposing guy, but you know he's, he's you know. You just kinda, don't know what he's capable you of. You don't know what he's capable of. Right. So you don't want to mess with him. It's kind of like in a bar. You don't fight the loud guy. You fight the loud guy. You stay away from the quiet Correct. guy that's yep. crazy in the corner. You're like, that's right. stay away from him. So we have made a in-pod uh, um, audible here. 
Yeah, we, and we, we've talked for a long time here. Yeah, we did not expect to talk for like an hour and 20 minutes already at this point. So we are not going to... We're The next podcast will be the rankings of the programs and the Tarantino yep. movies. We apologize for that. But the good news is I'm going to be out of the Midwest. So this actually fits in perfectly to split this into two. Yeah. So we will continue the next one on in real time in just moments here. In pod time, you're going to get a week break. Yes, sir. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I am Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.